0: And I can see the ground, now I'm way too gone, way too gone. Alright legends, welcome back to yet another episode of Get Around Me. It's me, Billy Darcy. What a treat, what a time to be alive. Feel the hype, spread the hype. Dude, if you're feeling hype and you're not spreading it, have a look at yourself, okay? I'm straight up sick of you. But, it is episode whatever, and... The world keeps on rolling on. My positive attitude continues. I wouldn't say I've ever felt necessarily sad during this whole quarantine thing, but useless, for sure. Product, just somebody give me a list of things to do, you know? I'd love it if every morning I woke up, someone was like, all right, Bill, and they just gave me a scavenger hunt, and they just sent me off for the day, and I was like, oh, i got to find... A freaking, you know, a little a little ring with a blue ruby on it. Where am I going to... You know what I mean? Just to fill up the day. Just give me some tasks. Like, I don't know. Tell, yeah, ask me a riddle. Maybe I could work on a riddle. We'll do riddle Tuesdays, you know. Send in your riddles. Occupy my tiny mind, please. Literally, <laughs> some, some of the days I'm looking at the clock going like, fuck, please just be four o'clock so I can... Have that tools down feeling, even though I've done nothing. You know, just because I've, I don't don't know about you, I can't just watch TV at like midday on a Wednesday and and just love it. You know, I'm not seven. I can't just start, uh, and I, I say I'm not seven because some of my TV choices would indicate otherwise. At the moment, I'm watching Star Wars Rebels, which is a Star Wars cartoon. And I'm loving it. Okay, I'm loving it. But I can't just sit down and enjoy some Star Wars Rebels at midday on a Wednesday, okay? I, n- I just feel like a piece of shit, you know? I feel unproductive. I feel like I'm wasting my youth, which is pretty much the only thing, the only real mor- moral, rule, code I've, ev- I've ever really stuck to since I was maybe 18 is that this is your youth, Bill. Let's fucking lap it up, Okay. Let's just get, let's get every little drippity drop of, of world-class fun and ridiculous mistakes and bloody buffoonery and, and laughs you can draw out of this because look, I'm, I'm not going to speak out of school, but I'm, I'm a catch. Okay. I know one day some chick's going to come along, you know, maybe it's 28, maybe it's 29, maybe it's 27, maybe it's 34, maybe I die alone, but I don't think so because I'm a six, but I've got a great attitude. Um, and eventually, you know, one day we're all going to be 30. Some of you listening to this are already 30, 32, basically dead, basically dead. And you know, when, when you're 44 or whatever, and your wife, clean the, the lawn, you know, cut the dishes, whatever wives talk about, dude, you're not going to be able to have a beer on the roof. And yell at the neighbour, you know. You're not going to be able to just do weird shit, all right. So I've always tried to just fucking get after it. But now I feel like I'm wasting some of the days. I don't want to speak out of school, but up there, get. I don't want to waste them, but you know, some of them I'm feeling a bit useless. But you just got to push through. You just got to do something, anything. Sweep up. Clean the kitchen. Nothing like cleaning the kitchen for the fourth time in the same day. To just fill you to the brim with existential dread, you know you're just wiping the bench, and you're just like, I wiped it this morning, and I wiped it again at lunch. Now it's eight pm, and I'm wiping it again. Oh god, I'll be wiping this bench until I die. All right, these are some of the freakouts I'm having during the week. But in between the odd freakout, and like I say, it's not sadness. It's like uselessness with existential dread. That's how I feel. But in between that, Jesus Christ, bursting with positivity okay bursting and uh and that's just how it is so i have been feeling at times useless but yeah just trying to fill up the day any any way i can my parents actually um are ripping up the carpet at their place so i went around and helped dad the other day and it is horrendous work because you've got to rip the carpet up and then you've got to go through and individually take out all the leftover staples and the floorboards it's pretty fucked And it's just like, you're on your hands and knees. It's just boring. And, you know, and I'm also not a good, uh, you know, it was basically my return to the job site. And I've been laughed off every job site I've ever been on. So it wasn't, it's not ideal work, but i tell you what it does do. Kills a couple of hours and you feel productive. You know, when you get done, dad was like, good job, son. And he patted me on the back and I was like, you've done it, Bill. You've achieved something. How does that feel? Dude, I'll tell you what though. Reaping up carpet, I don't recommend it. And I was like, I could feel at the start, my dad was getting slightly frustrated because he was like, the key is, firstly, be careful you don't cut yourself on any poking out nails or staples. And then also make sure when you're pulling the staples up, do it very carefully because if you snap half a staple off in the floorboard, then it's basically stuck in there. And then you just got to hammer it in and then the floorboards start to look shit if there's all little staples Stuck in the floorboards. And I said, absolutely no problem. Okay, I wore my hardware and general polo shirt that I borrowed off uh, my roommate. And uh, I was not there to fuck around, okay? Uh, Within three minutes, I had cut my hand open and also snapped off three staples. And I could see my dad was doing that thing where you're like, you want to blow up at someone, but you can't because they're helping you out. You know, I'd volunteered my time and I could tell he appreciated that. But at the same time, it was like, Bill, you are fucking this up. Okay, so tested my dad's patience early. Uh, but then after that, I was like, get it together, Bill. And I actually was pretty helpful after that. So that was, and that's probably the most productive I've been in upwards of three weeks. So that's what I've been up to. But, you know, you've got to find, I think, you know, we are in isolation, quarantine, etc. But, you know, there's other people out there and there's battles to be fought. You know, good versus evil, darkness versus light, you know, all that sort of stuff. The world still moves on and, you know, I'm a, I'm a soldier of the light. When I see injustice, I stand up and I say, no, not on my watch. And recently I saw an injustice. Okay, last week, the garbage men at my place. Now, we've had a, a, a little feud over, over the last couple of years, just a little one, but I'm here to say, unfortunately, it's bubbled over into an all-out wall. An, all, uh, an all-out wall? A war. A battle. A freaking... Um, a melee. You know? And basically, last week, they didn't pick up our bins. Because we, we did overfill the garbage bin. and then And then they... The week before, they didn't pick up our bottles because we overfilled that. And so now, we have way too many bottles at this place. And also, our garbage is overfilled. Like, the front... Our front yard... It was starting to look like uh, in Malcolm in the Middle when Hal tries to get in a fight with the garbage men and they dump all the garbage on the front yard. That's what ours was starting to look like. And I also know that Homer Simpson went to war with the garbage men in The Simpsons and also paid the price. So I knew this was a big deal going in, but I said, you know what? Garbage men, garbos, you know, I've had enough. Okay, I pay my taxes and the bins will be collected. And not only that, you're going to pick up the bins you didn't pick up last time, okay? So what I did was, we had a whole green vegetation bin filled to the brim with bottles on top of our normal yellow bin filled to the brim with bottles. And uh, so I spray painted the top of the green bin yellow to fool them. It was a ruse, okay? It wasn't actually a real yellow bin, okay? It was a trap I had laid for them. And I'll be honest, the can of spray paint ran out halfway. To describe this paint job as patchy would be generous. Okay, so I've got a half green, half yellow number out there, and um, and I laid a trap for the garbage men, and the week before, they didn't even pick up our normal garbage bin, so they, they owed us one, and they've not picked up our rubbish a few times before as well. There was a feud, and, and this time, I came out on top, because the next morning I go out there, they've collected the bottles from not only our yellow bin, but the other yellow green bin, and... You know, some of you might be saying, oh, Billy, they knew you'd spray painted the lid. They just collected it anyway. No, 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 no. They were fooled by my trap that I had laid, okay? It was a covert strategy that has paid off big time, all right? And now, I I own the garbage man. I'm one up, okay? Whatever bin, whatever time, whatever color, I make the call, they come pick it up, all right? Extra garbage, dude, nuclear waste, whatever. I'll leave an old fridge out there and fill that up, with fucking cardboard. And they can pick both the fridge and the cardboard up. Alright? That claw on the side is fucking huge. Let's see what it can actually do. Okay? And so these garbage men, they've been mugging us off for years now. Well, guess what, lads? You've been mugged right back. And I feel pretty good, actually. I feel very good. And and this is our lazy wear in this house. we got all these bottles. We've still got all these other bottles um, from Easter Long Weekend. And we didn't even do the return and earn We just leave them out the front. This is the great thing. If you can't be bothered to do return and earn, you can just have someone pick them up for you. Like a random stranger will just pick them up now because they want the return and earn. If you don't want to return or earn, you can just leave out the front, leave it out. I'm trying to think of a rhyme on the go. Leave it out the front and you'll be all right. Should have workshopped that earlier. Anyway, now you can just leave your bottles out the front of your house, not even on garbage day, you put them in a, in a see-through container, some guy driving past who loves money will be like, he'll make a mental note and come back and he'll pick up your bottles for you. So now between between the general public and the garbage men that I now own, I've revolutionized the house. we got, we got garbage being picked up every other day of the week. Fucking phenomenal. So, so that was a huge win and more or less the most exciting thing uh, that happened to me over the weekend. But I'm trying. all we did, I did have like a fun weekend, but it's just, we just hung out. We just hung out, you know, had a bloody laugh. Nothing wrong with that. But I will say something I did yesterday that was pretty sick. I visited the original house from Blue Water High season one. What a treat. Okay. This was actually pretty cool. If you never watched Blue Water High, honestly, stop listening to this podcast and go and watch Blue Water High. It's much better, much, much better. It's much better than pretty much any program out there. If you don't know Blue Water High, it was a documentary series that followed a group of young surfers at the Solar Blue Surfing Academy. And basically, there were six surfers. They compete throughout the year in all these comps and training. And then at the end, there's the final surf off. And whoever wins that gets a wild card onto the Pro Tour. Have some of that, okay? Um, ABC ran it and it's weird you don't usually associate abc with professional surfing but worlds collide brother worlds collide and you know it was such a pivotal show and so many people's upbringing blue Water a high i fucking loved it you know because it was kind of like you kind of worked out who you were through the show um it was some great characters and it's just you know it dealt with love and betrayal and friendship and and freaking aerial surfing and doing some hiking and God, it was good. It was just so good. And you really worked out who you were because every character was a very different archetype, you know? And uh, Perry was the hot chick. She basically... She was the standard kids show hot chick in that she was supposed to be, I think, 15 or 16. Um, She was supposed to be an attractive like 16-year-old girl and she was blatantly like a 22-year-old model. Um, Probably still to this day the hottest chick I've ever seen in my life. Um and i just don't even i'm losing my train of thought just picturing her to be honest she is outrageous um but so she was the hot chick you know and she was very uh you know f- fun and carefree i think a lot of young men actually found out they might have been gay um when they looked at perry at 13 or 14 and they felt nothing you know you, you come to school everyone's like oh dude what i remember freaking year six year seven everyone's like what is happening with this perry chick oh my god she's stunning and there'd always be a couple of blokes who were like, "What, Perry? I mean, she's an, she's a pretty good surfer, but other than that, I don't I don't see too much." Oh, okay, okay, okay. I understand what's happened here. I think I'm not into women. That's the that's the. I, now no one's ever told me they've had this experience, but I'm only assuming because Perry's pretty much the hottest chick ever. And if you felt nothing for Perry, I mean, it's only down from there. So I think it was it was a pivotal moment in a lot of young men's sexuality. Um, maybe a a lot of blokes found themselves, you know, preferring the the scenes where Edge and Heath were shirtless and vice versa. So it was, it was your first step into what was hot and what was not. And it's not for me to say who's hot and who's not, but if I was to say that, I'd say, uh, Anna, the German chick was definitely not hot. Um, not hot at all. I'm not sure why she was on the show because she wasn't hot and she wasn't a good surfer. So i'm just wondering who i want someone fired for that decision okay um and so you had perry the hot chick you had fly the girl next door she was just cute as shit and funny and beautiful and god i still love her what a girl and then you had beck who was kind of like the annoying one you know she's like if beck was a character to be like uh who left who left the dishes in the sink Hey, guys, like, can you all freaking sign my yearbook? Like, shut up, Beck. God. And Beck was kind of like the palate cleanser, I would say, um, because she was sort of hot and she was sort of a good surfer, but she was sort of not really any of those things at the same time. And so she was like that. And then there was Anna, the German chick. Um, I think Anna was brought in for cultural diversity, but you got to keep in mind, um, this is 2004, and back then, cultural diversity, you didn't actually have to have a person of color, Um, German back then was all it took. So even though everyone on the show was white, um, having the German chick actually meant the ABC were given extra funding under the Cultural Diversity Act. So, you know, times change for sure. Um, And yeah, Anna was the German one. Um, She was not hot and she was not a good surfer and you couldn't really understand what she was saying. So once again, it was a casting error and I'd like to see someone put their hand up for that. Um, and then we had the guys Edge Edge was like the fucking ripped, I'm a legend, I'm gonna win get out of my way, it's all about Edge all the time, really the only blip on Edge's, and Edge ended up winning the whole comp, really the only blip on Edge's whole personality was that he ended up getting with Beck and he could have done much much better definitely much better than Beck um, then we had Heath, the larrikin, he was just a, just a laugh a minute Heath loved Heath um he was also probably the best looking bloke so i'm not really sure his flaws were he had no discipline um it was funny in blue at a high uh <laughs> anytime they had a party scene because it was like a kid's show they'd all just be like dancing on the spot and eating like like red snakes and chips but then there was some uh some episodes where like someone would stay out too late and they'd be like basically hungover, but they wouldn't say it they'd be like oh i I feel rat shit. I was out all night dancing, and I've had too much sugar. It's like Heath, you crazy son of a bitch. You've had half a goon bag, and now you're in the regional freaking surf comp down at Manly Beach. You feel hungover, mate. It it wasn't the snakes that did that. It was the fruity Lexia. You sick son of a bitch. Like, unbelievable. But Heath was a larrikin. Uh, Matt was a nerd, and and Matt was wanted to be a surfer or a marine biologist. So it's like he was saying, I, I want to be cool. Uh, but my backup plan is is to be a virgin. So he was the nerdy one, and he was very by the book. But then Matt had his nipple pierced, which is which was a real just what the f- what the fuck is going on here? This this nerd has got it. He was three dimensional, you know. And, and you know what? He was three dimensional because guess who Matt ended up getting with? Perry. Can you believe that? That sneaky little nerd got the hottest chick in town. I couldn't believe it. I still think about it once a day. I don't know how he did it. It must have been that nipple piercing, you know? But, so it was a wild show. Simo was the coach. Unfortunately, it came out years later that Simo um, actually got done for sexual assault in real life. And that did take a lot of the shine off the show uh, when you go to rewatch it years later, you know? Because he was... You start to look at some scenes and you're like, maybe he was crossing the boundaries of what a mentor was. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit unfortunate, really. And I'm sorry if I've ruined that show for anyone, but Simo is a filthy predator in real life. And that's, hey, allegedly. But that's what I'm hearing. And that's what I read about. So, but yeah, it was such a cool... Was, so, I went to the house and I was such a loser at this house because it's on a beach, Um And there's just like people, it's a beach, you know, it's a normal house on a beach. It's like a mint mansion. But I was like taking photos in front of it. I was like, Sam, get a photo of me in front of the Blue Water High House. And like people who go to that beach every day are just walking past like, what are you doing, you fucking freak? Because the show's like 20 years old. And it's like, is it a freak? Am I a freak, I should say? For, you know, cherishing something from my childhood. Reliving those memories. You know, and one guy did actually say out loud what are you doing you freak so that was confirmed i was in fact a freak but but yeah it was a crazy show and it was it was so cool to go to the house and it was a different house for season two i'm not sure where the season two house is but i would like to go to that one as well i really would but yeah it was it's just such a great show and just to pay homage to some of the some of the surfing talent that went through there was just a such a rare opportunity you know and surfing is not one of those things you can just fuck... Like, my dad's trying to get me to go surfing again. And, uh... Like, I'm just so bad. It's so bad. Imba- like, surfing's just... There's just no way around it. Get ready to be embarrassed. Okay? You can't just... Like, if you want to go kick a soccer ball, if you don't play soccer, you can just go kick a ball and it's fine. But if you're a bad surfer, there's just... You, you've got to go out there and just get embarrassed for, like, six months before before you can sort of walk out with any sort of confidence. Um, You know, you're pretty much drowning with a board tied to you. That's what surfing is when you're not good at it. And the worst thing is surfers are the coolest people around. So you paddle out there, every bloke and girl is like, they're either 60 and still in phenomenal shape, or you go out there, the chicks who are surfing at 21, sitting next to you out at the back, some of the most beautiful women you'll ever see. So it's like, you're embarrassing you're uncoordinated. You don't know what you're doing. You're accidentally dropping in on people who said, meet me in the car park. You don't even know what's happening in front of the hottest chicks you'll ever see. That's what learning to surf is. Okay? And I used I used to surf a fair bit and I got to a point where I wasn't embarrassing. But then, you know, you fucking... It's not like riding a bike, I think. um, Not for me, anyway. I don't think I ever got good enough where it was like riding a bike, but... Dude, yeah, so I've got to swallow my pride and get back out there and just fucking drown in front of some hot chicks and i'll tell you what you drop in on the wrong bloke some freaking chiseled 40 40 year old bloke who's had enough whose fucking wife has just just been yelling at him all day and then you take his wave <sighs> get ready to throw down okay locals only you're about to eat this bloke's fist um so yeah i gotta get back into the surf and i gotta get embarrassed but it's very humbling and it's good for the soul i think the other thing i've been doing recently is running and running is definitely not like riding a bike because I swear to God, you can run every day for like three years straight. You take a week off, you're immediately just a fat piece of shit. There's no in between, okay? You run every day for three three years, you take half a day off, you can just watch your calf muscles start to shrink in front of your own eyes. You literally cannot take a breather with running. It's insane. Dude, we've been, we've been running recently and we run along the main road and it's like degrading it's straight up degrading because like people you know are driving past and you're like kind of like just like (gasps) (sighs) i've got like fucking kelly clarkson breakaway just pumping just kind of like come on bill come on you know like i'm just turning kelly up like come on motivate me (laughs) and uh dude like it is embarrassing wearing like my fucking under 17s rep cricket gear like come on bill pump your arms i'm trying to remember what the year six PE teacher said, like, longer strides. I'm just like, can't breathe. I'm about to black out. And let me tell you, you think, you know, oh, I'll have a cup cl- of glasses of wine. Yeah, maybe we had Dominoes one night on a weekend. You know, you- you're eating like shit. You- you're drinking. You're fucking... You-, you think... You might think, oh, I feel all right. Whatever. Go for a run. Halfway through that run, you can just feel it all pumping around your body. You can feel that your body's not in good nick. You know, when your blood's pumping everywhere, you're just like, God... What I've been putting in this thing is straight up not good fuel. It's disgusting. But yeah, so got to get back into it though. Let me just fix up this camera real quick. I don't know if this pod, I don't know what goes on. Sometimes it feels like I've been speaking for 45 minutes and I've been speaking for seven. And I'm like, this is the worst pod of all time. And then other times it feels like I've been speaking for seven minutes, I've been speaking for 25 and I think, fuck, this must be the worst pod of all time. I don't think I've ever, I think maybe out of the 80 episodes I've done, I think maybe seven of them I got up and didn't immediately hate myself. Doing a solo podcast, it's like, where's the validation in this? You know, I want to hire a guy not to produce the pod, but just to sit in this room with me and every five minutes be like, nice one, Bill. Good one, bud. Hey, you're killing it. Keep going. Just validate me. You know, that's what I want from a producer. Uh, that Just someone to sit here and just pat me on the back. And then afterwards, to just just put their arm around me and be like, that was a really great job, Bill. Really good stuff. And then I can just be like, ah, oh, alrighty then. Thank God. So, if anyone wants to do that, you just have to sit in my bedroom for one hour a week on usually a Wednesday or maybe a Thursday and just, and just sort of, you know manage my morale for 35 to 47 minutes. Pretty good gig. I'll make you a coffee um, instant. I won't buy you one. And afterwards, we cannot hang out. I'm busy. But if anyone's interested in that role, please hit me up. Um, so yeah, what are we talking about here? Visited the Blue Water High House. If you haven't seen Blue Water High, you should watch it. Although you probably don't need to after the lengths I spoke at it. anyway, What about this? Watched the Michael Jordan doco last night. Pop culture. Now, I'm not a basketball fan at all, but my roommates are. And also, I think when someone gets to be that good at something, even if it's like, you know, sailing or some shit, like, if someone's like the best of the best of the best of the best of the best, it's always interesting, I find, even if you don't even know what they're good at. You know, there's like, there's like freaking docos about like the best rock climber in the world and shit. I don't give a fuck about rock climbing, but the docos are still good and michael jordan it's gotta be the most iconic sportsman ever so i was watching it it's really good it's so good i don't even like and the best thing for me is because i don't i don't follow the nba i definitely didn't follow the nba in the 90s to me it's like a freaking it's basically like a fiction tv show i'm like what's gonna happen next you know i'm like scotty pippen wants more money what the fuck are we gonna do about it he's too valuable we can't let him go you know, I'm, I'm living it in real time. So, this is great for me. Uh, but, I will say, I, will say I, saw, the, I saw this yesterday. Shane Warren posted on his Instagram. This guy is fucking notorious. I cannot believe how cool this guy is. Um, he posted on, on his Instagram. It's him and Michael Jordan. He goes, watched the Michael Jordan doc the first two episodes. Brought back a lot of great memories with a good friend um hope to catch up with him again soon and it's him and michael jordan in the 90s and he's got a basketball and and mj has a freaking afl ball and it's like shade ward is transcended every barrier i mean he's a cricket player hanging out with michael jordan in the 90s and they they hung out together all the time cuz um not all the time but like a fair bit cuz Shane Warren was sponsored by Nike in the 90s, and he used to go to all the Nike events with like all the best sports players in, in each of their fields. So he'd be hanging out with like, you know, Tiger Woods, the best tennis players, f- soccer players. Dude, Shane Warren, I'm sorry, but you start out bowling leg spin in Victoria, playing fourth grade, you got a freaking mullet, and you're a bit chubby. Six years later, the bloke's hanging out with Michael Jordan, knows him on a first name basis. Dude, Shane Warne is unfucking believable I love that guy. Can you believe it? It's him and MJ. And they're like, they're hanging. Shane Warne. Dude, no cricket player. Well, that, wh- When's the Shane Warne doco coming out? Because there was a good Shane Warne doco a few years ago, but it only went up until, I think, about 2003. So we got 2003 through to 2006, seven, And then I couldn't really give a shit about his IPL stuff. But I want like a Netflix-level 10-part doco on The King, Shane Warne. Like, dude, that that would be sick. And then I'd love to see Michael Jordan put on his Instagram, watch the Warney doco today on Netflix, brought back a lot of good memories with a good friend, hope to catch up with him soon. And then that'd be sick. <laughs> I fucking love Warney so much. In fact, I'll tell you what I did do on the weekend. They replayed the Ashes final day of the uh, 2006 Adelaide test where Warney took Forfa and then Hussey batted us to victory. Dude, it was fucking great. It was so good. And there's so much good stuff in there, like, with commentators who have died, and like Richie Benno and Tony Gregg, even just Bill Laurie back when he was, like, peak, you know. Ah, oh, it's great. Loved it. But anyway, so I was thinking with this whole Michael Jordan doc, right? Because I'm a thinker. I'm a deep thinker. I've got some very profound thoughts, and uh, and I might be one of the better minds of our generation. Or maybe not. Up to you, babe. But... With this Michael Jordan doco, I was watching it and Scotty Pippen was start to come out looking like a bit of a dick, all right? Because he wanted all this money and he, and he put himself ahead of the team and all this. And I was thinking, fuck, what a nightmare. Imagine 20 years from today, you find yourself on a documentary having to explain your choices from 20 years ago to the world. You know, like imagine you quit your job today and you go, fuck this, I hate the boss. 20 years from now, Netflix call you up and go, we're doing a doco on your boss yeah you you're like the one of the main characters and we want to get um you know some of your quest you know your thoughts and what you had to say in your side of the story and you go oh, okay cool and then they start bringing up all this stuff they go like oh you remember when you uh you you, you fucked the team off you remember when you abused the manager You remember when you did this you remember when you did that stuff you probably haven't thought about in 20 years now in front of the whole world you got to be like oh boy ah oh, yeah i do remember spraying the manager um Yeah, okay. I think it was pretty cold that day and I'm not a cold weather guy. So that might've been where that was coming from. Yep. What was that? I threw a shoe at him. Okay. Yeah. All right, next question. And it's on fucking Netflix and the whole world is watching. Dude, I reckon you got to cut everyone in that doco a bit of slack because, and then the way they cut it, you know, you don't know what he said that they didn't use. I mean, it started to scare the shit out of me a little bit. I started to spiral a bit. Thinking about, like, if I was on a doco, like, imagine, like, I don't know, well, just all this stuff, like, the fact that someone can come back 20 years from now and, like, nitpick something you said in a press conference in 1996, and they take one sentence from that one press conference, from that one game in 1996, and now it's 2020, and they're going, what did you mean by that? And it's like, what did I mean by what? What the fuck is happening? I've been re- I haven't played basketball in years. Get the fuck out of my house. You know, I just thought that was pretty wild. But, yeah, I don't know. I've got to say, Michael Jordan, so inspirational. He just made me want to do some push-ups or something. You know, they showed him cleaning his room, and I was like, fuck, I need to clean my room. You know, that's the sort of effect he has on you. Um, but, yeah, I remember, because teachers have all told us the Michael Jordan story over the years at school, Like, oh yeah, he got cut from his basketball team and he trained all summer. And then he got back into the basketball team and I was like, that's inspirational. But then like, I don't know what happened during the summer. Obviously, he grew quite a bit. But like, he goes back to his basketball team. He gets back in. But then like, he goes to like a regional trial and like, this coach is like, oh, he's the greatest basketball player I've ever seen for his age. And it's like, really? Not even making the team four months later, he's the best in America for his age. I'd like some more context on that, but I'm willing to let it go. But I'm looking forward. I'll tell you what I love. Dude, I fucking love, I love docos like this. Firstly, I love all the stuff they're not telling you. Okay, when Michael Jordan's like, yeah, you know, we after that 96 championship, oh man, we had a crazy party that night. And then they move on. My mind just, I pause the TV, I go, I can only imagine what happened at these parties. Dude, Dennis Rodman, he was dating Madonna for a bit of the 90s. And then like, just, oh my God, Michael Jordan's the biggest star on the planet at this time. They're all multi, oh, the mind boggles at some of the shit these guys would have done. You know, just the freaking drugs, the women, the stories, the bands. I think about the, the great banter they would have had. Oh, and it's just, I love connecting the dots in my mind. And all the stuff they can't talk about is where I just go, oh, must be insane. But I love getting in behind like the, these great minds of champions and, and um, seeing what they're like. And I love it as well when they show their faults. I know, I know Michael Jordan was a, had a crazily gambling problem. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. But also I've noticed Michael Jordan's eyes, he's got the eyes of like a freaking, like a genuine piss head. Like someone who's been having like a bottle of whiskey every day for like 20 years. He's got like those kind of yellowy, washed over eyes when you've just hit like the schooners with a vengeance, like proper alcoholic eyes. So I'm not sure if that's unrelated or if he became an alcoholic um, or what happened there. But i tell you what, if he became an alcoholic, that's going to be bad news bear for me because I, I, I always get, I always jump onto little details like that from great men and I use it to justify some of my own poor behavior. You know, like you freaking, you know, Ricky Ponting's like, Oh yeah, I never made my bed. You know, too busy thinking about cover drives. Even though I don't play cricket for Australia, I merely go, oh, sweet, I'm never making my bed again. If Punter's not making his bed, there's no fucking way I'm touching that thing, okay? Time to get after it. You know, I, I project like that in a bad way. So You know, some people go, oh, Punter works so hard. I need to work as hard as him. I pick out the things he was lazy on and I use it. I, I go, yes, this is a free pass to have a messy room because Ricky Ponting also had one. Fuck Yeah. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this doco, but but yeah, Michael Jordan, what a cool guy. What a cool guy. There's a hot take for you. Hey, news.com.au, there's a hot take. Billy Darcy says Michael Jordan's a cool guy. Dude, I'm fucking notorious out here, I tell you. Um, all right, what else? What is the fucking point of this podcast? That's right, for my hot takes. We had, we had Michael Jordan, we had Warney. And that's a crossover you probably won't see in many other pods. NBA and cricket. That's what I bring you. Um, All right. I'll see about this. This bloke was talking to me the other day. He was like, fuck, dude, what would you do if China invaded? You know, would you you go to war? And I was like... Oh, that was right. We watched Platoon the other day about the Vietnam War. And that is full on. Charlie Sheen's in it. And it's like... There is basically not a single scene where someone doesn't either have their head blown off, um, lose a limb or or rape a, a vietnamese woman so it's fucking it's wild out there and it's very confronting um so we were talking about that. i was like and someone was like oh if china invaded would you go to war and i was like woof! i tell you what fucking hell imagine that imagine if china invades and it's like we're calling you know all blokes eight all men and women uh you know 18 to 30 it's time sign up let's do it and i was thinking about it. i was thinking fuck i don't know (laughs) i don't know if like war is really if we if if we go to war in like the next five ten years or further than that i don't think our idea of war is what war even is anymore you know our idea of war is like oh like if china invaded you know like we're all thinking you know gallipoli or like platoon you know like you're in the trenches and and china's in the trench over the end and then your sergeant's like, all right, man, for freedom. And then you freaking charge over the trench and you're running and gunning. Mel Gibson's next to you just fucking yelling slurs. Like, that's what we all think war is, you know? And then, like, you know, your, your, your best mate gets shot and you go, you drag him in and you go, you're be all right, Johnny. You're going to be all right. And then, you know, Mel Gibson's freaking just going nuts. But I don't think that's what war is anymore. You know, I was thinking about it. I was th- like... <laughs> I don't, I, th- I. think the idea that you go to war with China, and when you get there, China is actually there. Like, you rock up to fight the Chinese, and, and the Chinese are there. I think that is that is slipping away quickly. Like, you probably rock up, and there's just, like, freaking drones and robots just sending down freaking laser beams and shit, and you're just like, oh, God, you know? It's not exactly... I don't think you die with as much dignity. You know, if you get shot by a Chinese bloke, and he, he looks you in the eye and, and freaking could be anyone, by the way, even a, a German guy, whatever. I don't want this to come off as anti chinese I was like, fuck, am I coming off as a uh, racist here? You never know. Um, so, you know, some Chinese like like looks you in the eye and then stabs you through the heart. And you're just like, ah, you're like, I love Australia and my parents. Uh, and then you die. Like in reality, you probably just get, you know, if we go to war now. You probably just have your head blown off by some anonymous robot. You know, the MCT-347. And it doesn't even know who you are. And it just goes like... It just keeps on fucking moving. It just goes, yes, target acquired, and then walks over your freaking lifeless body. You know? I don't think we're gonna see too many thrillers about that. You know, I don't I don't think even Scorsese could dress that up. You know, it's just It's a weird one. I would say if I was to sign up for war, I think so I was thinking about this. I would sign up if they invaded like Australia. You know, like if they were like china is dead set crossing the harbor bridge i'd be like freaking you know i'd grab whatever i would i would i reckon i'd run in to defend the harbor bridge or you know if you defend sydney or australia i reckon i could see myself going to war for that but i don't know like i don't think i would go to war if it was like to fight them in the middle of nowhere you know like in the middle of a desert or something i reckon i'd be a terrible i'd be useless in the middle east because, like, if ISIS came over the hill and they, and my sergeant was like, we must defend this cave at all costs, and ISIS is just charging down, like, freaking AKs and missiles, I'd just be like, dude, I think we should just give them the cave, hey. Like, to be honest, I I think they want it more than us. I mean, they seem fired up about this cave. If I'm being 100% candid, sir, I'm not 100% sure what country we're in right now. Okay, because we took a bus and a plane to get here, and no one really told me. Next thing you know, I get to this cave... These guys seem like they really want this cave. It doesn't mean a lot to me, this cave. I'll be honest. You know, I think we should just let them have the cave. Uh, Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know about like, yeah, just... That would be the hard one for me, like being like, I must defend this cave. Because a part of me would be like, ah, who gives a fuck about this cave, you know? Obviously, it's probably an important cave, but... And I've grossly oversimplified... The war in the Middle East. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Can you imagine if this was a serious podcast? What the? No way. Anyway. Um- oh, yeah. That was my gun noises, by the way. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd go to war. You'd find out who you were, that's for sure. Be pretty wild out there, I reckon. But I, I, I reckon though, all these, uh, all the people who are currently serving in the military during, like, you know, peacetime. No, I know there's a war in Syria, but like, no active like wars. Or I'm not sure what denotes an active war. But, but do you reckon in the military, like, let's say China, let's say China goes to the world, we declare war on you. Do you reckon there's? I would love to know the percentage if they did an anonymous survey. Right, they tell the Australian Army. They go, China has declared war, we're running in. I want to know what percentage of guys in the army would secretly be going like, fuck yeah, let's do it. It's time to blow some heads off. I've been fucking itching for a scrap for years. I've been cleaning my weapon religiously every night for the last six years. And now I'm going to fucking unleash. Do you know what I mean? I wonder, I wonder what percentage of people in the military would actually be fucking absolutely keen for a war. Maybe it'd be, maybe it'd be 0% and I've, and I'm just assuming they're all fucking psychopaths, but I don't know. It's hard because I only know one guy that joined the army from my high school and he was literally an absolute psychopath. He was crazy. He was like the school bully. He was a guy, he had a shaved head in year 11, like he was actively shaving his head and he had a full, he had a full beard and a shaved head in year 11. So he's like 16, 17 and we used to call him lad basher because he like all the lads around town that were like try and like roll blokes and shit lad basher would just beat the fuck out of them and he loved it he loved it he went and joined the army and he's the only guy i know that went and joined uh so actually, i actually got a friend in the navy who's pretty normal so i don't know but yeah as far as the army the only guy i know is lad basher and i, I don't even know him i was too scared to talk to the bloke you know so i don't know but yeah it'd be wild but let's hope it doesn't come to that. Am I right? Touch wood. All right. War averted. Um, look, look, how much time we done here? Because I'll be honest, guys, I don't have too much more to say. 42 minutes. What a time to be alive. Um, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to just chuck on the end of this. Um, I'm going to chuck on the end of the... I'm going to chuck on episode one of the... Corona Celebrity Cull thing I did on YouTube. I did four episodes of it. It was a bit of fun, but I'm not going to do it anymore um, because I just don't think anyone really liked it that much. But I liked it. So I'll just put it on the end of this pod. It goes for about 10 minutes or whatever. And uh, thanks for listening. If you want to help me out or be a legend, if you could tag a friend in a stand-up video on, on Facebook or social media, that would be pretty cool. And uh, yeah. Alright, legends. Welcome to the first ever Aussie Celebrity Corona Cull. Alright, now that's a lot of C's, but what's my theory is basically after the after this pandemic sort of flies over, hopefully it's soon, uh, look, obviously a lot of people are gonna go be, be going for a lot of jobs, competition's gonna be fierce. I don't think we're gonna have as many celebrity slots available as we've had uh in previous years. So what what we need to do is Cull a few celebrities, okay? Now, I'm not saying they need to get coronavirus and die or even die any other way. Um, I'm just saying they can't be celebrities anymore, you know? We've only got so many slots for public figures and in a post-pandemic world, you know, we need to, you know, we haven't got time sort of for fucking fringe fringe people, you know? And, and people who maybe have been dropping the ball a little bit. So, uh, look, I'm going to be just be culling three people each week just to sort of thin out the herd a bit. So we know whose Instagrams to follow after this whole mess, um, and obviously as a public figure myself, I am more than qualified uh, to make this call. So three people each week, just very, you know, it's it's a chopping block. You know, it's you ask any sporting selector, hardest part of the job, cutting people, and I am not like that at all. I I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to this. So just a just a fun little segment that I think is going to help us sort of. Really hit the ground running post pandemic, you know. So first Aussie celebrity to get the corona cull is going to be, unfortunately, I'm sad to say, Dr. Carl from Neighbours. Hit the road, champione. Hey, you got to go. Um, look, is 25 years too long to be on a TV show? Yeah, absolutely, it is. It's 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 way too long, dude. Like I checked out of Shameless in season seven. And that was fucking good. Like the main chick got her top off all the time. And I still cut off at season seven. I don't know where the arrogance comes from to think you can be 25 years in anything. You know, you if you worked at an IT company, you would have been made redundant 20 years ago or five years ago. I've never had a real job. I don't know how redundancies work. But Dr. Carl, unfortunately, and look, I don't know you. I don't know the guy. Alan Fletcher, I believe, didn't sort of have... I'd had the time to double-check it. I just chose not to. Uh, a couple of reasons Dr. Carla's got to go. Firstly, the guy's a cheating whore. A repeat offender, all right? He's kind of like this... He's running this line between complete nerd and also cheating bad boy. Hey, pick one, okay? Pick one. I mean... And, and while he's cheating on these birds as well, he's making horrendous decisions. He chose 60-year-old Susan over Natalie Bassingthwaite in her prime. Natalie Bassingthwaite, fucking 31, milfed up to the gills. And he's fucking gone back to old Susan, you know? The old crypt keeper, Ramsey straight. You know, like, come on, dude. Switch the fuck on. Um... Also, I will say this, Carl, famously the only bloke on Neighbours to not get around the lads at any stage. You know, when was the last time you saw Toadie having a few of the boys around for a beer and fucking Carl walked in with a slab? No. Because while Toadie's having the boys round, Carl's probably off with his fucking missus, isn't he? The piece of shit. Okay, so never gets around the lads. Also, refuses to age. The guy has not aged in about 20 years. Look. I'm not saying, I don't want to sort of stereotype or anything, but but white people age at a certain rate. And he's clearly, I think he must be some sort of an alien because I don't know what sort of advanced stem cells they're popping into his cheeks over on the Channel 10 set, but that's not natural, okay? He should be looking like a fucking, you know, a grave keeper at this point. Uh, they've got the gall to have Susan age at a normal rate and Carl's just Mr. Timeless over here, you know? No. I'm not having it. you got to go. And also, on the positive side, by firing Carl, we will be freeing up another 30 years of work for another actor. So, well, and, and do you know what? Maybe this next person won't be so selfish. You know, in Australia, we can only have really sort of seven actors at any one point, right? Seven, there's like, you know, there's five jobs on Neighbours, five jobs on Home and Away, and then three people rotate around the other shows. And Carl has the gall to take up one of the coveted roles for 30 years while every other Aussie actor's down at Centrelink on when will this guy die? You know? So, he's also a genuine 6 out of 10 on a show where everyone else is gorgeous, okay? There's only one 6 out of 10 on Neighbours and that's the Toad. The Toadfish himself. Jared Rebecky. okay? So how about you hit the fucking... I was going to say... Re- rebecca road I, there was nothing there i tried to force it but yeah so carl thanks for your service mate time to go next up um and this look this is this is a big one from not a big one but expected probably Carl sandalands you're out brother i'm sorry uh look let's be honest it's a miracle he survived the me too movement so i can't see him so- surviving coronavirus um Obviously, we will have to get someone else to sort of sit across from Jackie um, sort of shouting slurs at 7am in the morning. Um, You know, really sort of making sure the primary school kids who are getting driven to school at that time are really waking up to the world around them at as rapid a rate as possible. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I can't see... uh, And let's be honest, you know, the the big fella, is not in the best of health. You know, we don't want to bring that into it, but Kyle Sandalane's probably on the way out anyway. You know, post-pandemic... You gotta ask yourself: In a post-pandemic world, do we really need an R-rated radio show for 7:30 in the morning? I don't think we do. You know, Susan's fucking driving her three kids to school in her Rav4. Kyle's on there saying, "Send in your most filthy orgy story. Um, I want to, I want to, you know, I want to know the the guy who fucking came everywhere and then pretended it was someone else. Anyway, you're on Kiss. Here's Ariana Grande. It's like, all right, dude, these kids—they're going to a Catholic school back there. Let's fucking tone it down. A little bit, okay? And it's like, why doesn't Kyle just there's so many avenues for filthy humor? Just fucking sort it out. You know, the breakfast radio is just a cesspit. But uh also Kyle Sandilands, he's bragged about being friends with Johnny Ibrahim for years after it was cool, okay? Years. Alright, Johnny Ibrahim was cool in 2010. And Kyle's coming in on a Monday going, me and Johnny got up to me, you and Johnny got up to what, okay? We saw the golden mile, it's over. It's over brother. Not to mention Kyle still uses a headshot from 2003, okay the the goal of this guy to use a headshot this thing's from Dead set 2003 fucking like he's his hair's still got color in it. it's about 2003 kilos ago as well just quietly and uh it's it's unbelievable. He, he rolls in looking like freaking you know if, if Santa Claus was running like a cheap casino out and out west somewhere. That's what he looks like now, but you look on the side of a bus, he's like, you know, 98 kilos, looking slim and suave. It's like, what? come on. The marketing budget at KISS 106.5, you can't update the headshot? Come on, Kyle, the people want to see you, but not anymore. You've been culled. Hit the road. Um, And then this last one, this last cull. Okay, I'm not going to lie. This, this next person is an Australian. So I've already broken the Aussie celebrity... Whatever, it's my segment. You can back off. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but yeah, I'm, also, I'm obviously insecure about it. That's why I brought it up. But this next celebrity is not Australian, but has to go either way. And this one's a bit more compassionate. Um, Katy Perry. She's got to go for a number of reasons. Unfortunately, Katy Perry, she's already peaked in her career. Obviously, what are we talking about? The stadium tours? No. Obviously, she was the theme song on the iconic MasterChef Australia. And this is MasterChef when it was in its prime as well, okay? I don't know if it's still the theme song now because like the rest of Australia, I no longer watch that program or any program on commercial television. But she was the theme song to MasterChef when it was banging. It was like everyone, like mom, dad, grandpa, fucking homeless, go outside. It's a mystery box challenge. Sit down. And that was Katy Perry. Your heart and your cold. Every night. Every goddamn night. It doesn't get more iconic than that. Um... Not to mention, I will say, she's currently a host on a talent show in America. America's Got Talent or American Idol, X Factor, one of those. And look, so obviously I'm giving her an out here because, you know, obviously coronavirus is a pretty, you know, I hope she doesn't get that, but, you know, there's really no more cruel way um, to exit this world than via judging a talent show on commercial television. I mean, that's really where people go to die. That is the... That's the coronavirus ward of the entertainment industry. So, you know, I'm look. I'm giving her an out before she has to sign on for another season of of America's Best Magician or who gives a fuck, you know. So, I think she should just sort of take her leave now. Um, also, she was in a feud with Taylor Swift, which I don't care for. Okay, Taylor Swift is a goddamn icon. You leave her alone. You leave Taylor alone. You know, and it was over. Uh, I think it was over backup dancers. I believe that's what I read at the time. I'll be candid. I don't care if it was over fucking uranium in Syria. All right? I'm Taylor Swift till I fucking die. All right? And Katy Perry, you don't hold a candle to the king of country pop. The queen, okay? She's the king and the queen. That's how good she is. And also because no one will marry her. She might be a little crazy. It seems to be her fault at this stage. But yeah. Katy Perry, you got to go. Also bragged about kissing a girl... Years before she got her first lesbian haircut. Very confusing. Very confusing. You know, she said she kissed a girl, normal haircut. Years later, she said, no, I am married a guy. Short blonde number. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But either way, Katy Perry, you got to go. You've been culled. And you're not an Aussie celebrity, but let's be honest. American celebrities who, who are going the way you're going. I mean, it's not long now before... You're sitting next to Lindsay Lohan in the fucking The Voice Australia chair. So I'm just giving you an out now. All right. So Katy Perry, Dr. Carl and Carl Sandilands. You've been culled post-pandemic. Um, you know, become a blacksmith or whatever normal people do. And uh, we'll see you next week to cull three more Australian celebrities. And I will try and keep it Australian. I don't know what I did. I broke my own rule the first day. Pretty embarrassing. But catch you next week. All right. Way too long, way too long Yeah, and I can see the ground Now I'm way too gone, way too long Cause these people got me fucked up Yeah, they got me way too wrong Way too wrong Now my mind's stronger than me Don't you wait too long, way too long oh all right, oh. oh, oh.